Hi and welcome to Allegedly Fabulous. My name is Kevin Loftus and I am your host and producer. We talk all about pop culture, politics, true crime, personal stuff, and honestly just whatever comes up, you know what I mean? But everything is alleged, do not at me. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for listening. Let's chat. Love you. so excited i've been imagining this moment for weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> but i've been threatening like stephanie <laughs> stephanie knows you're coming on and other people know you're coming on um but i was too nervous to have you on because i was like denny is so funny and good and also <laughs> i feel like you'll actually share this with your friends so i was like totally i need to be comfortable with the fucking podcast by the time <laughs> you put it and i'm at the i'm at the stage where i don't care anymore so we're I love that. That's the way to go. That's what we need to do. We need to not have a care in the world, and we need to have a good time, and we need to talk shit and goss. Yeah. We're gonna have goss and shit talk. But we have goss and shit talk to talk about. But we're on our way right now to San Diego for San Diego Pride. Ooh, honey. She is on her way to San Diego to, you know, see what the San Diego gays are all about. She's gonna see her, right? It's been a mission to get here. It's been a mission to get here. Um, we're we're like we're over an hour into the journey. We've already had. I had my bout of nausea. <laughs> Denny is aware that I'm afraid afraid of driving, pretty much. And I'm a psycho driver. Um, and then like we had a little lull where I was like deciding if I wanted to nap and then I took some anti-nausea medication and now we're playing Danny Minogue and we were just like fuck it we're gonna do a little podcast and we might do a debriefing on the way back as well perfect she's medicated and ready but okay so I have to introduce Denny for anyone who doesn't know Denny like Denny is my like friend that I'm absolutely obsessed with who I met what a year and a half ago yeah I think so yeah we met at Gay, Gay Kickball, which is a whole other fucking thing. <laughs> we could go on and on and on about kickball, for real. Yeah. But um, Denny is a superstar, a New Yorker, upstate New Yorker, Italian-American. Woo! Genuine superstar. Like, the first time I met you was when I was doing karaoke with some kickballers. Yeah. Which, like, if, you ha- if you're nervous about singing or doing karaoke, don't ever do it with a bunch of wee gays, because every single one of them can sing. Every single one of them Or perform in some way Um, Excellent Excellent singers And Denny comes in late And does fucking shallow (laughs) It it was the fucking strangest thing I had ever experienced I actually hate that song And I liked your version of it Oh my god Yeah it was amazing I love that you hate it But Denny um, is in a band called Wolf and Love And it's like I, I think of it as like pop bops It's like just so so good So Definitely give that like fifty hot bops. I love that. Yeah. So you're in you're in LA now, and you're working as like an artist and musician. You do yeah. shows. You play great shows at like the Troubadour yeah. and other places. You yeah. do corporate gigs, and you have a daytime job. Yes, I do. But I thought it was so funny because I was out with Denny in fucking high tops once, and somebody stopped him, and I thought that this guy was just chatting him up. And then Denny comes.
comes over and he's like, oh, he recognized me from like this dating show that I did. And I was just like, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So can you just tell us like where the fuck that came out of and what that experience was like? So like, thank you for that lovely introduction, by the way. Um, I'm super happy to be here. So basically, it was like my first like two, first year, first two years living in LA and a lot of my friends work in casting. I have some casting friends in reality casting and they, they've been saying, we want to put you on like anything. And I was like, literally put me on anything. So I got asked to be on this, this show called Dating No Filter, which was on E. I'm pretty sure you can still find it on Hulu because I have friends that have like now watched it and have been like, what the fuck? Um, so I was on Dating No Filter. Basically, like, it's, you, it's like people's couch. Like, you have these, like, funny people on a couch watching, watching right. dates and, like, okay. commenting on it. So, and I had no idea what to expect. Wait, but so did you have to, like, audition or anything? Or was it your friends were just like, you're in? But I had to, I had, like, a quick Zoom call. Right. With someone to just make sure that I was, like not a psycho but like they basically were like yeah put him on the show he'd be perfect but based on our interview like I should have known that they were gonna basically put me into this fucking chaotic like situation Mm -hmm. so with this person so we (laughs) we um I show up and I and I I end up in Burbank for the day, they mm-hmm. Ubered me. They Ubered me there. Oh, oh! First they, they came. Sent you to, an Uber. Well, first that. they came to my apartment and they shot me like they shot pre-roll of me like playing so the cool. piano and being like, "Hey guys, I'm Denny. I'm such and such age, and I'm from New York, and I'm super excited to go on a date." You know, like that kind of energy. It's very funny. Oh my god! And so that's like the intro, and then. So then, like, that was another day, and then they, then they sent me to the date, which was in Burbank, and we went to this, <laughs> I did not choose the date, they were like, they were like, your date chose the date, and I was like, oh, fuck, and it's like this mystic bookstore, okay. like, bookstore of, like, it's like a witchy bookstore, I guess, a, like, museum, kind yeah. of, in Burbank, and basically, you know, it was kind of a cool, cool place. Um, so I'm in there and they, you know, it's a blind date. The whole thing is blind. I don't know what's happening. But all I know is that the guy is, the guy chose this weirdo fucking place. So he shows up. I turn around and I'm like, I immediately, I'm like, no. <laughs> like immediately I was like, no, no. And so <laughs> the first thing he says to me is I dreamt of you. Oh. I already, I already know you. I dreamt of you. And I was oh. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, what were you even supposed to, you were in this bookshop, but like, were you just, with, was, was there like coffee? Were you sitting down having coffee? There, or you- there was a moment like halfway through the date where they put us in another part of the place that has a bar and we sat down and oh, okay, wine. Oh, okay, okay, right. Yeah. And that's what he said food. to you. That was his opening. And the first thing he said was like, and he was like, can I read your palm? Seconds. Jesus. Seconds. That's... And the people's couch people are just like, oh, hell no. Like, already they were on my side. I like, love that. They, they, they were already like, kind of being like, I smell gay. You know, like, they just knew, you know. And, um, so all 
already they were kind of like on my side because this guy was like, let me read your palm. And I was like, oh, here you we go. You got him. I was like, here you go. I was like trying to like, yeah, of course. I was I trying mean, to be a good sport. Right. And uh, maybe also trying to like, like be a good sport, but also try to like go on this date. You I know? mean, like, yeah. What are you supposed to do? Be like, actually, I'm not feeling this and then leave. Like, yeah. it's not really an option. So, yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't just do that. I'm, I wasn't a diva yet. So, <laughs> basically, we go on this date, then we're talking, getting to know each other. There's this funny part in the show, in the episode, where he <laughs> he tries to guess my sign, and he fails, like, oh, miserably. Shit. And the couch people are dying laughing. They're just like... I'm just giving away the whole episode. Like, you should still this watch so it. so good. You should totally still watch it. So it's I forget what his name was. Just go, just put Denny, the episode with Denny of Dating No Filter. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm giving the whole thing away, but who cares? Like, watch the episode. It's still funny. He's guessing my sign. He can't get it. And I guess his sign the first try. Like, the literal... And, and the People's Scout people are dying. That is so They're, funny. like, dying laughing. Because I guessed it on the first try. And, like this guy who claims to be this like clairvoyant I'm sorry he told me his job was I'm a channel that's what his job is yeah a channel do you think he was actually just cracked or do you think he was like just a bit cracked and was like trying to spin this into like a medium TV medium thing I mean I think that's such a good question I think he was a mixture of a bit cracked like naturally and also putting it on a little bit for the show but clearly they put us together knowing that I would react the way that I did. Yeah because you're such a like you're kind of like a no shit person. Yeah. So oh my god but I'm. I wasn't having any But you know what they did you as as unpleasant as that was it's like they actually did you a favor because you like everyone got to like be on your side and And everyone got to learn part of you. Yes. 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 You got to see you got to like learn me a little um, in that moment. And then what happened like when the show came out and stuff? Did a lot of people watch it? People did watch it. People did watch it. I don't know if a lot of people watched it, but people watched it. When everybody was like people that have seen it. I never really said anything to anybody. I didn't That's really say so anything. That's so funny. Um, you need to have e-reality star in your fucking <laughs> bio. I really should. E-reality dating star. Like I should just like seriously, I should just actually put that in there. I mean, it's just funny, and it's like, but you have plenty of things going on, so you don't need that shit. But but it would be really funny to like pop that in there. But I thought it'd be funny to ask you and also tell you that like that was kind of my lifetime dream ever since I was a teenager was to not necessarily go on like no filter dating on E as <laughs> a <dating laughs> psychic, but to go on a show like um like Big Brother UK and like have a moment in culture and then kind of fade into the background and like host a radio show and like DJ once every two years and have everyone like be one of those celebrities that like everyone just makes fun of and talks shit about but I don't know it just like was really appealing to me I love that idea (laughs) I I mean or like the fifth member of a boy band that can't really do anything that was always my dream but I I don't know if you know but so Big Brother I grew up watching Big Brother the UK version which is very different to the US version yeah I never watched Big Brother ever it's so bad over here it's like an actual competition which would not be my vibe but here I've heard that the UK one is like actually cool and it's interesting. really good it's more like 
I don't know. It's just more like about them as people and how they get on with each other. Yeah. The, the dynamic. Yeah, and which I love. They throw all these people together that are not going to get on, and like it's so chaotic. And yeah, there's challenges and stuff, but it's more just to keep them doing something. But it was really big, like when I was a kid and a teenager, and it really had some like really iconic moments come out of it. And when I was, I think it went down. Maybe it like had a little moment where it like went away for a year or two, and then uh-huh. it was brought back when I was in my first year of college in Limerick. So I went to college in my hometown, which yeah. was like so depressing to me. I just didn't have any money to go to college anywhere else, so I stayed like living with my parents. And I went to the college and did this course that like didn't make any sense. It still doesn't make any sense, but. Um, <laughs> And I don't know if somebody sent it to me or if I saw or like advertised or something that Big Brother was casting and it was the first time they were casting. I always, every time I would see it as like a fucking eight year old, I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and um, so when I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm literally going to do this. And I remember like taping, I don't know if I had a webcam or something, but I had to tape like a video audition Stop. and like send it in. I feel like I had a webcam like attached to my computer that I'd gotten for college or something. <laughs> Um, or maybe it was just on my phone I don't know but I remember taping something and I remember writing them a paragraph and like I mean at this point I was educated enough to know like what you have to do if you actually want to be serious about this and I was just like I'm a horny alcoholic <laughs> like I don't really remember what I said I can pro- oh my god I wonder if I have it in my email oh if my I god. search horny alcoholic please please it was over 10 years ago it would be like 15 years ago please find this horny alcoholic let's see but anyway, they um, they wanted me to... Horny Alcoholic Drizzly comes up. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> Not now. They wanted me to come to London to audition um, in person, but I guess I should have just asked them more questions, but I was so young and didn't know, and then I was like, I didn't have the balls basically to fly to London, and like it wasn't like they were paying for it or anything. They were just like, the casting calls in London, can you come? Um... <laughs> Also, I knew I would have had to literally drop out of school. So I just wasn't ready for it, but, like, I honestly should have done it. But I'm so much more carefree now. A little fucking late, but yeah. There's something so, like, appealing about what you were describing, about, like, being in a reality show and it, like, kind of parlaying itself into, like, some kind of an illustrious career. And there's something kind of intriguing about that. Because it could go anywhere. You could end up doing any, like, for some of these people, I always think it's so amazing, the, the real real world road rules challenge people, the challenge people. Yeah. Being like, um, that's their career. Like, their whole career is being on the challenge. Or being oh, literally. Challenge. Yeah. I mean, even like Brandy Glanville. I mean, she's really, she's a really big deal. She's done amazing. But like, it's just because, well, she, she was well known because of her husband. But yeah. then it was just Beverly Hills. And now she just keeps getting booked and booked and booked and booked on other things. To do stuff. Yeah. It's wild. Not that that's necessarily even what I wanted to do or what I wanted to do. I just thought it was like, I don't know. I guess I always felt like I was a bit of a provocative person. And I wanted like, even if I was working a nine to five mm-hmm. in Ireland, yeah. I wanted to be that guy that was on Big Brother and said something funny like 15 years yeah. ago. I just wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have like you would probably but then you would still have like a loyal following though you'd still you'd have a great Instagram presence like that's the thing it's like you can do so much with like a social media presence if you're famous like if you get yeah, literally. On I mean, show. Yeah, if you have a following that's how everything works even like you know 
this podcast, like, we missed the boat to have, a, like, an actual successful podcast because now, like, Paris Hilton and Meghan Markle and everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody like, has It should have been five years ago or, or longer ago, if anything, but anyway, I'm having fun. Um, and I expect my 15 listeners to support me and all you that. You never know. Endeavors. You never know. Listen, never say never. Like, as somebody who literally took 20 years for me to get a record deal... Yeah, well, then congrats on the fucking record deal, Thank bitch. Thank you. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's it's not like a traditional thing. It's, it's, but it's very, like, a, it's very, could be very lucrative. It's a door opening for us, you know, in the industry, finally, like, being, like, finally being, like, given respect. And, like, it's funny, I went to, we had this meeting in person a couple weeks ago with the record people, the label people, and. I walked in and I, I made a joke. I was like, wow, it's so fun to not be an intern for once, <laughs> you know? And, like, that alone was, like, enough for me to know that, like, things are going to change and that, even if, I mean, we got to that point, like, just getting the ability to walk in that door and be treated like an artist, yeah. that's who I am, was just, like, yep. amazing to me. Like, that blew my mind. And I know that things are going to go all the way up from here, but, like, even in that moment, I was like, I've arrived, I'm successful. Yeah. You know? I totally get it, because it's a totally different dynamic, and honestly, it's really nice that you've had all the experiences that you've had, because, like, you know it. But, yeah, isn't that funny? That's what I hate about the corporate dynamic. It's like, if you're a junior, you're supporting people who are supporting people who are supporting people Ugh. who are supporting these clients. I know. And now you're the fucking client, bitch. I know. You just switched up. You switched over, and now everyone like low key is gonna be afraid of you a little bit. I love that for me. Me too. <laughs> you're so right, though. Like, and that's why so many people like in the client services industry, and we'll get. Well, we're gonna get into that in a second. Like, I why people end up becoming the client because they're just like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to be in service to the I client know. for. Yeah my whole career like if, if I don't have to be or if it's not going to be like celebrated or, or that successful for yeah, me or I'm not going to get to the top to yeah you got to get to the top for, for being in the client services industry you have, your voice has to match her yeah in order for you to want to stay in that industry otherwise you're just going to go be the client yeah you know so like speaking of which I've just I want to know more about how you landed in the career path that you're in right now like how did you get into biz dev and how did you get into the agency industry how did how did this happen yeah honestly and maybe i will have to edit this out because i haven't thought about my answer (laughs) but um i just kept going for things that i was interested in Mm -hmm. and also though like I'm not gonna bullshit anyone that were just that were gonna afford me the lifestyle I wanted. Yeah. So when I was in college, I I studied languages and, uh-huh. and marketing. Yeah. So I studied Spanish, Irish, and marketing. Oh wow! And okay. I was thinking about doing. Do you doing, speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak pretty good Spanish. Good. Yeah, yeah. Don't test me this weekend. Though. I won't. <laughs> Maybe Francisco will or Daniel. Um. So I thought of, I. For a while, I was like, maybe I'll do interpreting for, like, the European Union or something. Mm-hmm. And, but I was like, I'm kind of interested in marketing and branding and stuff. And honestly, I didn't know. Like, if I could go back now, I would do law or journalism 100% because I think that that's, that suits my nature so much. Even if I were to become a lawyer or a journalist, I would have, like, that's such a, an amazing grounding to have. Yeah, sure. Whereas, like, what I studied, yeah, I have good Spanish, so that's great. And it did make me 
it did increase some skills of mine like critical thinking honestly that's how I, I learned to identify like sexism and through some random college class I always was like I always didn't really get the whole conversation around sexism and I don't know something I, some college class like really broke it down for me and I was like it really opened my eyes wow. to how differently people were treated based on sex like I just didn't understand it so it was good in like those kinds of ways but when I look back like I like a lot of kids I was extremely misguided misinformed didn't really have had people try to help me but there are people who came from such different life experiences they had no idea Mm -hmm. so and there's such little I hope it's changing now but there's such little like help for kids sure to to help help you pick something you know what I mean it's like what you got like half hour class once a year they they give you a fucking quiz and the quiz says you should be a nurse like I know I know I never understood that and there's no thought of like okay but if you're a nurse babe like you're gonna get paid in Ireland you'll be paid terribly and your hours will be terrible and you know is this what you want like right uh, it's just so complicated but anyway the way that people like wake up I'm like always I always think about like some of my co-workers at my day job like you woke up one day when you were like 16 and thought I'm gonna go to school for public relations what yeah and that's the thing I also think I was I was picking based on what I thought would be glamorous to be honest sure. I Which, get that yeah and I kind of knew I was doing that but I also like yeah I mean and, and that didn't really lead me to astray but it's just like it's a different thing what you actually enjoy doing and what you're good at doing day to day versus like how you want to be perceived mm-hmm. it's kind of two separate things yeah but anyway so I ended up doing that and then when I left I found it really hard to get a job it was like still a recession-ish um, and like I just found it so annoying I was doing all these interviews for great companies and I would get in it. New York no in Ireland, in Ireland or like around Europe yeah just like you know phone interviews or whatever um, and I would get to interview stage and then and I was probably really nervous mm-hmm. and stuff but also they'd be like so so what's your experience in this or in that and I'm like babe I've just been working as like a fucking hairdresser and and, and on the retail floor yep. and in a restaurant like I don't have marketing experience like I that's why I need this job I just like, went to kick college kick me off yeah kick me yeah. off bitch I learned later that all of the like actually well advised children from better from like upper middle class families have been doing fucking internships in their summer which is very common in America yeah I did probably more common now in Ireland but like I had not heard of it yeah so yep anyway I got into the start I moved to I actually moved up to Dublin I'd been back and forth from Dublin a little bit moved up to Dublin to work with like one of my best friends who was a manager at a shoe store I met her working for her at the shoe store she got me a job for the summer so I went back there and then I ended up getting a job in customer service at this homeware startup based in Berlin oh and I moved to Berlin for a year and I eventually moved to their marketing team that was kind of my goal once I got in there I was like well I actually loved customer service and was really good at it and had fun but it's not seen well yeah and it's like I just even though I probably could have gotten a high up ahead of customer service job totally. I'm so happy yeah um, I kind of was I think now I'm just kind of realizing this now I kind of thought that marketing was perceived as being more premium or like prestigious yes and that's honestly what made me want to move yeah um, so I ended up like pushing to get to that job and then I was interviewing for other stuff and I ended up getting this job with this organization that markets tourism as an as a vacation destination mm-hmm. and they took gave me a two year contract one year in Ireland Dublin one year in New York that's amazing and that got you that's how to I New got York. to New York and then <gasps> awesome. 
they couldn't sponsor me, so I had to go on the hunt for another job, and I met someone who was chief marketing officer at this branding agency, and mm-hmm. she was like, I'm looking for... Well, first she was like, I'm looking for a junior marketing person in L.A., and wow. I went through that whole process and was... Were you thinking about moving oh, to LA? I was so excited? Like, I was like, this is, if this comes this true and this works, like, my life is literally made. Because that's all I had wanted since I'd spent a summer here when I was in college. To um, be in LA. To be in LA. Yeah. And it got through the whole way. Everyone loved me. I loved everyone. I was about to come and do an amazing job for everyone. And, um at the last minute like right when they were about to make me an offer the head of the like west region was like no we're not going to pursue this candidate who will ultimately need visa sponsorship for such a junior role which is so understandable from a business perspective yeah but from a, you get I, it now and I was never oh and I was never angry with them but yeah. I was just devastated yeah was I remember going to the fucking Ritz with my friend and like having a meltdown in the bar yeah because I got that email on like a Friday afternoon as I was leaving the of office and we were like on the way to the Ritz on <laughs> in midtown <laughs> not West. having not a meltdown at the Ritz a meltdown at the bar and, worst the and, worst and also that friend quote unquote friend I've had so many frenemies over the years this bitch will never Same. listen to it anyway but he was like you're actually not the first person for this to happen to I was like, yeah, I know, but like it's happening to, it's me, happening now, to me now. It's happening to me now, bitch. Support me. That such, is not helpful. Not helpful. I'm such a supporter friend, so I just don't like it when people are like that. I'm like, yes. And I know I can be a lot. I can be neurotic and stuff, but I'm a bit aware of that. Like, I will lay off, but like, I don't know. Whatever. It was only like you have to give me one, an hour to complain. Give me, yeah. Let me have my moment. Like, yeah. let me have my moment. We all deserve to be able to have that moment. Yeah. Um, so, but that didn't work out, but they were like, there might be this other job, but it's a bit of a dead end job. Uh. Um, and like the manager is crazy, but like maybe, you know, if you really want to stay in America and just get your foot in the door, it could work out. And I was like, okay. And the visa sponsorship would happen. And the visa sponsorship would happen. And I was like, okay. And then I ended up taking that job and that job was a junior business development job. Um, at this branding agency and that was an insane experience for a little over two years and then I was having a lot of visa drama along the way um, and was about to go for like an O-1 visa sorry I didn't expect this to go for so long I love this I was about to go for an O-1 visa which is a visa for um, <laughs> fucking like actors and celebrities and athletes and brain scientists <laughs> and things like that right where you wanted to be honey yeah glamour a glamorous visa yeah but like you can make a case for it like obviously business people make a case for it. you just have to be like i am very specialist in what i do yeah, my company yeah, yeah, really yeah. needs me and like here's all these articles that have been written about me that kind of thing you so i was really about to like go for that and it would have been an investment but i was like it's it's my future and yeah like, I have to stay here and then pursue you know all my dreams or whatever and then um was kind of figuring that one out and like trying to get articles placed and stuff and then I literally won the fucking green card lottery in the middle of COVID oh yeah when did you get your what tell me about that what do you mean you won the green card lottery what does that mean so you've heard of that right the green card lottery no I don't even know okay I I don't even know it's so crazy so basically (laughs) there's a lottery every year of 50,000 green cards it's supposed to go to um on like 
It's called the Diversity Lottery. That's actually the name of it. Wow. So don't even... I'm so embarrassed that it's called the Diversity Lottery. But it's not It's not diversity in the terms of the, that we think about it now in America. Diversity for, like... For immigrants who... Immigrants from all over the world. From all over the world. Yeah. So basically, and it's kind of like, based on the country... If your country has a lot of... Im- it's not necessarily fair either, but like, if your country has a lot of... It, it's fair? for countries that have less immigration to the United States. Yeah. Which, of which Ireland is actually one, but that's mostly just because of our size. And like, most Irish people who are here are generations in or they're on visas and not on a green card mm-hmm. so anyway like 20 like it's like a 1% chance of winning it but obviously anyone who's aspiring to immigrate to the US will do it every year because it literally you just have struck gold like you don't have to do any more wow. drama you literally you just apply put your name in it takes like two years but if you get it like all you have to do is, is t- prove who you are Prove, wow. you, prove you didn't lie prove you actually are from the country you said you're from right and they give you a fucking green card Fuck. And that's what happened to me. So that's what happened. Yeah. So I won it in May. I got selected in May in 2020. Oh my God. And then by, it was a whole drama, but I, and um, my work authorization expired during that time. And that's why I decided to pick up and leave New York and buy a little car and drive West. And I was just like, I'll just figure it out. I'll just, I have to, I couldn't leave the country. So I was like, I'll just hold off until um, the green card comes in and then I'll decide whether I'm staying in LA or coming back. And by the time my green card came in the following April or May. So it took one year only, which was pretty good. Um, had you, well, it was had a year you had left? Had you had left for LA already though at that point? Yeah. So basically September, 2019, I entered the lottery. Yeah. May, 2020, I won. was selected. Yeah. Dece- won the lottery. December, 2020, my work authorization expired. So I could no longer legally work for the company I was working for. Got it. I drove upstate to skinny Adelies. Right. And then, yes, you got a car. Got my little Volkswagen Golf. I love that you drove to skinny Atlas. Which I thought was skinny Adelies. <laughs> I had to like We Google say it. skinny Atlas. Oh, okay. I got it wrong anyway. Which is probably not correct because white people. But like, I'm sure that's. Right. But that's what we say. So I was really nervous. I was just so... I was a ball of anxiety that whole... For two years. But, like, you know when you're buying a car and you're, like, on your own, you kind of... I was just so nervous of getting fucked over by someone. And I was like, if they hear me say something stupid about the town's name, then they're going to know they can fuck me over. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember being like, I have to know how to say the town. That's actually a really good point. Like, But anyway, the guy was so nice. And I ended up getting money off him because, like, I needed to fix something in the car and stuff. But he was so nice. He let me, like, drive it down to the local mechanic. and Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, he was great. Um, and then he let me the license plates and then I had to buy paper license plates from somebody on the side of the street in Queens so that I could, um, drive to LA with a paper license plate. Um, yeah. And then anyway, by the time the green card came in, in May, I had got, I'd been reached out to by my current company, which is in this, does the same thing as my past company. And they were like, we're looking for somebody you know at your level and whatever and they just were so nice and I was really impressed <laughs> by the company and so I was like fuck it I'll go for it I'll what did you do from like what did you do from like Jan Jan to May of 2021 um mostly I like sat and like <laughs> stood at the wall <laughs> or like um I did a hiking yes I tried to get a, I tried to get my real estate license, but like, I realized now that I was actually mentally ill. What do you mean? I just could not focus on anything. Like I was, my moods were so up and down. I was so nervous about the green card. Yes. Um, 
And but honestly, I didn't really settle down until earlier this year, and I fucking started taking extra. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> who are you telling? I didn't start to get. I don't know. I started. I lost weight. Worked out. Started going to therapy ten years ago. Okay, yeah, well, now I feel like this episode was supposed to be fucking about you, and I just made it about me. I loved the, I loved learning this story, though. I want to hear, like... Okay, well, tell me your story, like, know. what would you... What's your equivalent? I mean, you've been on a weight loss journey. You lived in New York for years and years and years. You've only yeah. been out here, what, four years? Five. Five years? Five and a half, actually. Five and a half years it's been. February of 2018 is when I moved to L.A. Beginning of February. Um... Yeah, 14 years in New York, almost, right after college, I went to Syracuse University, studied music, and I did have internships at record labels, because I thought that I was going to, like, maybe oh. work in the record business, but then I was like, I don't want to work was in the record awful? business. It was just awful, because I wanted to be the artist, Yeah, and my dream was to be a recording artist, like, that was my dream. And I felt like if I were to just work in the industry, like, then I'm giving up and just being this ba- in the background person. Mm-hmm. So I fought that for my whole career. And it, even to this day, you know, my day job's not in the music business because for a reason, because I have to have separation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I moved to New York. All, a lot of everyone was moving to New York, you know, and I started writing songs I played shows I put a band together I played shows and I had some random jobs and I did that for years and then I I fell into like what my day job is now which is like administrative and I did that for a million years oh Jesus um and that's been very like helpful for me to be able to achieve a lot of my dreams even though it has definitely taken some time yeah away from what i could have been doing but um, it's like real life hustle you didn't have a trust fund you didn't I have didn't, rich no. parents that were like yeah baby go do it go do it like you had to keep going and like yeah. that's such a smart thing because no matter how talented you are like not to be a debbie diner but like you never know what's gonna happen you like, don't now you have a fucking salary and health insurance yeah like, what else are you supposed to do, genuinely? Yeah, you never, you never fucking know. And, and, and that was it. My parents were like, you've got to get a job. Yeah, and you all know? of these people, by the way, nobody knows it. Like, Taylor Swift came from money. Yeah. Lady everybody, Gaga. everybody came from money. Yeah. Every single one of them. Because that's the only way you have the, um, the time and the resources. Even if you're not, like, given a million dollars in a fucking apartment. Like, you just have the freedom to go and explore starting a business or being a creative you know what yes. I mean and I, I and my parents are baby boomers they were like we don't know what the fuck a music career is yeah. supposed to look like go figure it out you don't they didn't get it you know they didn't even when I was like I want to major in music they were like oh god what are we gonna do with that I mean they were supportive but they just they their their uh, mindset for what should be done was you get a job you go to work you get married have kids and that's what you do yeah so they were just trying to like figure out how to support how to be supportive of me and they also helped me tremendously i mean they helped me i mean i'm spoiled i mean they helped me with a ton of shit yeah paid my rent for probably three years i mean they helped me not paid all of it but yeah, yeah when i was crying the blues they did you know yeah yeah and uh but I fucking hustled. Yeah. So then 
people. So that kind of became a, another big part of my journey was being this like songwriter. I wanted to write songs for like Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato and all these Nick Jonas, all these big, you know big big pop pop people, and um, and that ultimately is what got me to like start traveling to LA to write with people here. Um, because I had been making relationships, building relationships with people in Los Angeles um, for years, um, and it's all been—it's all been eras, right? It's like my twenties, and then like the very beginning of my thirties was when I really started to take things more seriously. When I started to be gayer and like really commit to my gayness, because I really wasn't doing that. Because my generation, I guess, whatever era of the millennial I'm in, the elder millennials, just aged myself, whatever, um, you know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as cut and dry for us to come out, so it, yeah. a lot of us are late to the party a little bit, or were late to the party, um, and especially as, like, an artist, I had to, like, not that I had to play it straight, because, <laughs> hi, but I had to, like, I had to rein a lot of my ideas and things about myself in a little bit to, to get people to take me seriously because they weren't taking gay artists seriously no. when I was in my 20s. I mean, there's very, very few examples and all of them were really, really famous yep. as kind of like pinup boys yep. before they came out. A hundred percent. So there's, there's a real path now with like oh, yeah. Troy Sivan. He is like the top, he's like I, on New Music Friday, his song was like number three on it. Yep. That's incredible. There's a real path now. Sam Smith was kind of, you could consider him kind of a pioneer. Yeah, totally. You know, in Even, and he's getting so much criticism now, which I think is so short-sighted. Right, because now he's going, he's, and it's short-sighted because he's going away from what was like sort of straight acceptable. It was easy. Hetero it was so acceptable. easy just to do the piano. 100%. And beautiful. I loved it. I mean, it's probably but better like, music. But I agree I, that that's way better. I mean, I'm, I'm no shade, but that, that music was way better, but he's expressing it was himself. subscribed. It was absolutely subscribing to hetero. Yeah. Like what, know, what was going to feel good to yeah. more people, which is something that I, again, a lot of us had to do, but now I don't give a fuck, but like, you know, 10 years ago, that was like what you just, you just had to yep. do. Um, I think the culture's really changed. I think a lot of people are thankfully. going through this. Yeah. A lot of artists, any artist that's that's my age or around my age or like ten years younger, are are dealing with this in a way. And honestly, it's totally different. But like, I've had the same thing. I've had the same thing with just my corporate experience. A hundred percent. Because like, I think the culture has changed now to the point where when I got into the working world, obviously now these are just my perceptions and my experiences. Mm -hmm. But like, when I got into the working world, I felt like. I could be pretty openly gay, but, like, I still felt like I needed to play a role of, like, happy employee of a certain... Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, and not too... Not too, too much of anything. Don't shake it up. Be a little bit generic. Yeah, don't make too many, like, yep. sassy jokes. Yep. You'd rather... Which is for anyone. Anyone with... It's not just gay. Like, anyone with a slightly off-brand personality. But, like, people are so sick of, like... Authenticity is such an annoying word. Yeah. But, like, that's... It's the same way the rise of, like, Donald Trump and Cardi B. Like, people are sick of people that they think are not being real. Real. And I kind of realized, like, when I started this new job two years ago, the whole act... It was hurting my soul so much. I hated yes, it. But I also, it. it wasn't even helping me. Because nobody likes someone like that. Like, nobody likes a robot type. No. And, yeah, you're going to piss some people off. If you are going to prickle some feathers if you are more flamboyant, for example, like we are. Yep. But also, like, 
more people would like you for it now. A hundred percent. I never, my, my position, I, I have always had, uh, l- luckily I've always had some success in just being myself at my day job for sure. And being like colorful. Yeah. But yeah, I but, would do it. I would do it with my people who I felt safe with. With yeah, there has to. And be... And then I had another personality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I had another personality. Or a few, and I get it. I get it. Yes, I mean, I, and I, I, my issue was I was playing personalities with my music career as well. I was like, I'm the writer. I'm the this, and then, and and there were times ten years ago when I were when I wasn't being taken seriously as a writer. Because and people would always just be oh wow like they would just be so surprised and I'm like yeah I you just think I'm this like like funny fun gay guy yeah people I mean I actually I have real feelings and a real soul about about this and we kind of and as humans we all kind of go through the exact same thing like Mm. obviously like that's the lesson and it just is funny I never I always felt like I had to prove myself I still do but like. It's very different now because I'm older and I don't give... I you really give less fucks, I'm telling you. All of you out there, you don't give... You start to give less fucks. And it's a wonderful feeling. It really is. And ultimately, it helps you. Because, like, it, what it did for me was it made me want to leave New York finally, which I thought I was, like, married to. Yeah. And it made me want to be take a risk and live in L.A. and try to be myself in L.A., and it made me cre- do do a new creative direction with my with my writing partner Danny. It made me lose weight and get fit. Like I mean, it all just snowballs when you're being like true to yourself. When you're being true and leaning into your leaning into growth, you know, and growing and getting old. Like lean the fuck in because wow. shit is gonna like shit just got uh, shit got better for me. And it was hard. I mean, my journey in L.A. the first two years was fucking really challenging. I I really, I mean, it was like a reset button, you know? I, I don't make as much money as my as people my age. Because mm-hmm. I had took a crazy-ass detour, you know, and yeah. throwing my life into a tailspin to move, move across the country. You know, you know what that's like. Yeah. And so when did, because now you're like... You're releasing a song every month on Spotify. Pretty much, yeah. The whole fucking WeHo goes insane. <laughs> you got a publishing deal with Warner Music. Yes. Um, you've been doing so many amazing gigs with Danny. Yes. For your partner at Wolf and Love. Um, but I want to know, like, when did you guys start releasing so much on Spotify? Well, kind of like the pandemic. I mean, we started, we released our first EP in 2019 and it was the first three songs we'd ever written together was that the one with heaven no no this was uh the the ep was called something to work with okay and there's three songs on it um and then heaven was a single and then we did a uh and then we decided to do like a covers album so we did like three covers and we started playing shows and then the pandemic we had our last show before pandemic was February or January 2020 at Sayers Club which now now does not exist mm-hmm. and in LA and um, and then the pandemic happened and we were just like we gotta release these songs like what are we what are we doing here let's just release songs you know and 
let's just keep moving. And then, like, as... The reason why it's gotten so, like, uh, like more frequent <laughs> yeah. and more consistent is because we are just continu- continuing to do the work. Yeah. We're just working. Yeah. We're writing and getting behind the songs, finishing the songs, which is a huge deal. I think a lot of people can't let go. And, mm. you know, Danny, my writing partner, is very good at just being like, Danny, just fuck it. Just, the song is done. It sounds really fucking good. Let's just release it. Let's figure out the artwork. Let's go. You know, and yeah. he pushes me because I'll sit there like a true artist and just stew and wait and, and you know, pick apart a mix and not want to let the world hear it. Yeah. You know, and I just, I can't do that anymore. We, we both can't do that anymore. Now we realize how important it is for us to get our music out into the world. Yeah. But the point is you just keep working. And, uh, like, as your friend, I know that you're literally fucking working on stop. You're up at the crack of dawn for your 7 a.m. beach workout. And then you're working your fucking 9 to 5. And then every night you're either fucking partying or you're writing, writing. music mm-hmm. on your own. Like, that's the difference between, like, you and me. Like, you're chewing. Like, even when you're at home, you end up writing a fucking song. <laughs> and it sounds like a Mariah Carey album track from the 90s. <laughs> Whereas if I'm not doing anything, I'm probably staring at the ceiling. I'm probably lying down and staring at the ceiling. And I have all these ideas in my head, but I don't do it. So I think that's amazing. Like, you just have to do these things sometimes. But also, it seems like, again, like, as an observer, it seems like you and Danny have reached kind of, like, a really golden point of like critic I don't know if it's a word it's like critical mass or sustainability where like yeah you have so much interest and you have such a good rhythm and like I think we all think that like you're just only up from here but even the way where you're at now is just so cool and fun because you're getting to express yourself and yeah you're working and you're getting paid for what you do and thank like, you you know yeah it's the biggest part of it is comfortability and the biggest thing is I value my relationship with Danny so much. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like family to me. And that is what's, that's what's always gotten me through are these interpersonal relationships that make me feel comfortable and safe and, and get me into these, into these rhythms that are, that end up becoming so successful. Yeah. And, but that's because I feel comfortable and safe and like, and like given the uh you know the green light and the confidence to fucking do it yeah because like and it's true like i feel good about sitting down and writing something because i know that like i have this like community around me yeah that supports what i'm doing and i feel so inclined to share you know and if i didn't i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it i don't i don't know if i really i don't know if i you know, would have been as successful if I was just still doing like the solo artist thing and just being, having to be like a self starter. Right. Well, it works for so many reasons. It's honestly like, cause I was just telling you, I was watching the fucking Wham documentary. I don't know how much you know about their story from the beginning, but not really. Yeah. George was incredibly quiet. Yeah. And Andrew was a really outgoing, charismatic guy and they became best friends and Andrew really nurtured George. Wow. And if it weren't for that, George, we wouldn't have George Michael. We would not have George Michael yeah. or anything close to it. Wow. So it's like you and I, you and Danny honestly have a little, something similar. If if Danny totally. obviously seems very nurturing to you and knows very how to get much. you out of your head. Yep. 
and he also has a lot of musical talent like that you know he's finishing those songs for you right you're, you're writing them and then he's yeah. like producing them and putting them together and whatever it's so like um yeah you guys really hit something special because also to get that without the drama that's like pretty incredible i mean there are definitely times when i yell and scream for sure there's definitely times when he throws his phone because he's like tired of hearing me complain but like we have our moments but like i mean it's it's my great relationship like i i always i often wonder sometimes if I don't know. If I'm, Danny is the love of your life. No, yes. No, dead serious. Should we drive to his wife's house right now and just, like, murder her? <laughs> Turn the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like, the great love of my life in terms of, like, my, like, my work, my work life. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah the creative relationship. Like, the, the Bonnie and Clyde are, no, and like, Sharon, whatever. Yes, like, just this important, very important relationship, you know, in my life. Yeah. Like, maybe it is my great love. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm 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 not gonna have a great love like romantic love with someone, yeah. but mm, I don't know. Can you guys do like a Sunny and Cher type song called "My Great Love," where Danny speaks, sings, <laughs> and you sing back to him like you trade lines? <laughs> they say our love can't be the rent. <laughs> oh, okay, so good. Okay, wait, but I want to wrap on something lighter. Well, we need to talk about what, what our fucking aspirations are for this weekend. I feel like we're in our, like, little bubble in this fucking car. I know, I love it, though. two hours left. Yeah. It's going to be such it's different vibes. It's getting worse. Do you see that it's getting worse? What the fuck, yeah. Okay. It's gotten... I was wondering... It's probably because we didn't take the goddamn toll road, but I wasn't about to take the toll road. Fuck the toll road. The toll road could have been, like, $50. I don't know. But this is, yeah, welcome to driving to San Diego. Okay, well, you you were going to tell us a story about, um, like, an old New York dating thing, but honestly, which is <laughs> too fucking much. But I actually, I think we should just end on, like, um, your aspirations for this weekend. Yes, I love Diego. this idea. Okay. Because I'm shook now. I'm, I'm coming back to life from my little stupor. Yeah. I'm Ooh. shook. Stupor. We're getting to, like, we're going to, like, be having drinks soon. Yes. We're hanging out with our friends, and, like, some of them I don't know that well, so it's going to be, like, new people, and, like... San Diego boys. We haven't seen San Diego boys in a while. I know. I am excited to see San Diego boys in the new body that I'm in. New Denny. New Denny. And I'm excited to like flirt and maybe like fling a little, but not, not, I don't need to be super slutty, but a little bit of flingy. But I really want to like connect with you boys. Yeah. And I just want to like legit have fun I want to laugh and have joy and drink and you know just feel good I just need to feel good it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be crazy yeah I agree you know that's yeah that's kind of where I'm at I 100% agree that sounds beautiful and delicious so yes to all of that um yeah just excited to have laughs with the group and also I've been in like fighting mode but like fighting with a fucking apostrophe at the end like mm. fighting fighting fightin mode you've been in fighting mode and I think I need to get out of that <laughs> where like I have a drink and like I just get really like a little fucking chihuahua I think I love that yapping like a chihuahua please yes and like it's fun and everything but like it's also kind of embarrassing and it's like what am I holding on to that's making me behave like this so I'd like to get back out of that and more into like a zen like I'll just smile at you I'll just like drunkenly smile at you that's what I'm going for <laughs> I live I think like it's just 
what's what's great about like having fun weekends away sometimes is that you have nowhere to be. I love having nowhere to be. Yeah, that's nice. That's the that is the tea is I want to have nowhere to be and so that I can just be present and and be like a chihuahua. Honestly, like breakfast tomorrow morning. What are we doing for breakfast? That'll I know, be fun. But that'll be fun. It'll be so chill. Okay. You don't even have to stress about it. Lovely, can't wait. Okay, well, oh my god, and we can see the water now. See the ocean. Finally by the ocean. We're, there, we're somewhere in Orange County, right? I think so, yeah. God right. damn it. Okay, well, we are going to leave you here, but maybe we'll be able to do another, like, a second app on the way back up. Debrief. To end, like, a debrief of what all went down. If we're still talking and I'm not, like, on the Greyhound. <laughs> If we're not both, like, extraordinarily hungover. Yeah. Except I'll be driving, so it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Love you so much. Um, give us a rating. Give us a review. Send to someone you think would be interested. And Oh, wait. Denny, where can people find you? Um, my personal social is at Denny P. Love. D-E-N-N-Y-P. As in Paul. L-O-V-E. And... My band is called Wolf and Love, and we're at Wolf and A N D L O V E Y O U. Wolf and Love You. What's the first song someone should listen to if they don't know you? If they don't know us, they should listen to Glow Up. Okay, amazing. Bye, guys. Love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I really appreciate you. You can find us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely please go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you liked it and a review. Share it with a friend you think would be interested. And we're on social media as well, pretty much everywhere. So Instagram at Allegedly Fabulous, Threads at Allegedly Fabulous, Twitter at Allegedly Fab, I think. Also at the Legend of Fabulous. And you can also get me on Instagram at Heaven to Loftus. Thank you so much again for listening. Until next time.